Boom, and we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our final Hotelier Pulse Collective session for the year of 2022. It's great to have you joining us wherever you are in the world at the moment. And uh, we've got a great show for you today, a great session coming up. But joining me as always is Mr. Pedro Calaco, CEO at Great Hotels of the World and guest centric. Pedro, good to see I you. How are you? Good to see you again. Uh, Our last roll really, of the dice are, for the year. Yeah, actually, as we were discussing, struggling to get the year ended, but, uh, but uh, it'll come to an end and it's going to be a great year. I think so too. Absolutely. Very good. Okay, so let's bring in our guest for today. Joining us is Heiko Rida, uh, or Ryder, I think it's Ryder, Director of Business Development at Herma Hospitality to discuss the latest Hotelier Pulse Report findings. So, Reiko, how, uh, sorry, Heiko, how are you? It's lovely to see you. Uh, lovely to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Very good. And, and together we by the way, it is Rida. It is Rita. Oh, okay. Okay, so I got it right the first time. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so you're going to be, well, we're all going to be going over the uh, current implications for hotel and travel markets, along with commercial strategies that hotels are looking towards as we move into 2023. Um, so, Heiko, it's, re it's really good to have you joining us. Thank you. And I think Pedro and I are both looking very much to, to this session and uh, getting started. But before we do, I'd like to just uh, maybe give the viewers a little bit of a background on Herma Hospitality, for those who are not aware, because, um, and Heiko, please correct me if this is incorrect, but Herma Hospitality was founded in 2021, which I think was rather brave given the current market conditions. And the current portfolio that you have now includes 10 operating hotels in the four to five star segments across Germany and Austria. Is that correct? That is quite correct, actually. Yes, yeah, we are pretty good located, in the, especially in the last couple of years. We're you know, within seven to eight hours drive from anywhere in Germany. Uh, you, know, you could drive, which, as we all know, is a, uh, you know, a very um, interesting market for everyone for the, in the domestic field. So... Um, yeah. yeah, but that's quite right. Ten, ten properties, mainly nine of them of the brand of Travel Charm Hotels uh -huh. and, and one hotel, which is a younger uh, hotel concept in the uh, uh, North Sea in uh, St. Peter-Otting, which I'm sure you all know. <laughs> it's uh, The product is called Urban Nature Hotel. Oh, lovely. Okay, very good. Okay, well now, as usual, before we get started, I'd like to also remind everybody watching uh, that you can download a copy of the latest report from the link that Leah will throw into the chat now for you all. And of course, uh, for all the hoteliers out there who are joining us, who would like to contribute to the next report, Leah will also put that link into the chat so that you can access that as well. Okay, so I think the housekeeping is out of the way. So now let's get into the weeds, Pedro, on the latest report. Can you maybe start by letting us know what's piqued your interest the most in this report that we can start today's discussion with? So I think I want, I want to start basically with a, sort of the, the, the highlights of what I see, right? And even though we only have data for November, because obviously the year is not over, um, I think the, the, there's only really good news after good news. And I think I've, I've been saying this for a while, um, since probably March or April, I, I said, look, now it's going to be goodness after goodness. And uh, truly, it has been a wonderful year. Um, a lot of people are, are calling it the golden year of travel. 
And the reality is that recovery is complete for the vast majority of hotels. So people are back to 2019 and actually above 2019, even though we had a very difficult first quarter. Um, Direct has been performing to a level that is just amazing. And, and I would say maybe, I don't know if it's the golden year of travel, but it's certainly the golden year of direct. Um, and the other thing is that while people are a little, um, how can I say this, tentatively pessimistic. Uh, so I think people are looking at, you know, trends like the war and inflation and the cost of fuel and all this other stuff. And uh, we see that also in the report that people are not as optimistic as they were earlier in the year. When we look at the data that we have in the system, everything is looking great. So that's sort of, in in a nutshell, what I'm seeing. But um, maybe if you if you want to dig in on any of these issues, let's go. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, how how do you feel, uh, Heiko, in terms of market conditions? I mean, before we start going through some of the talking points, maybe would you like to give us a little bit of an overview from your perspective how 2022 has been for you? And how, how do you feel moving into 2023? Yeah, I think, um, you know, over the last couple of years when the hotels were supposed to be open, especially for us, we were in good locations for uh, domestic travelers in particular. You know, that was a kind of travel that we had going with people, you know, being able to be fairly flexibly uh, on vacation, whether it's be on the, in the mountains or whether it be on the seaside. That helped helped us a lot. Obviously, we had also in the you know last couple of years a lot of uh, closures in the hotels, which didn't help a lot. But overall, especially on ADR developments, uh, 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 we could grow up to twenty one. Um, now twenty two is uh, kind of stagnating again, especially now in the season. You know, and also on the sentiment, uh, I can see that uh, obviously we are not usually. November, December, this is not the most uh, busy time of, this, of, the, of, the, of the year. So I can kind of figure out um, what these figures reflect on the um, optimism. Um, for 2023, looking forward, yeah, we're expecting more restraint um, a year, uh, trying to keep up the 22, 21 levels. Um, uh, it's, uh, um, yeah. Um, Domestic travel, we can see domestic travel continuing to be uh, uh, high in demand, but we also see that international or the interest in international travel is, is growing, of course. Um, and yeah, and, and um, that's what we have to prepare for. Yeah. Uh, Pedro mentioned that there, you know, obviously this year has been a very good year considering, but there is some perhaps. Um, concerns that we're not going to move into 2023 with similar type of momentum. So apart from the inflation and the rising costs, do you see any other factors that might be contributing to this, this shift or this way of thinking? Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, especially when we, I think we'll talk later a little bit about the, uh, you know, inter- impact on international travel. It's interesting now, what we're going to see, because on the one hand, obviously, you have the unbroken in, uh, interest in international travel, where still people, you know, have to stay uh, in uh, vacating in domestic countries, um, which is not the case anymore now. Now, at the same time, also, you have the increasing cost from fuel and petrol, which will also make international travel again more expensive. So uh, that's a little bit... Um, <laughs> the. Uh, uh, glass ball that we have to look into at the moment, right? That 
that's the, the factor that we, we can't really uh, measure at the moment. Uh, I think that's certainly going to be an, an important important point um, to get our heads around. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Pedro, you've got some optimism slides here, which I think is interesting. I'd like to, before we go to Heiko, asking him for his opinion on our optimism for next year. Why don't you talk us through these a little bit? Yeah. So, so, um, so we have seen that you know we started the year, or actually, you know, prior to the summer, optimism was really at a high. Then it sort of started declining through through December. We had another peak in October because people. I think that's when people realized the year was going to be great, 2022. Um, and, uh, but then, you know, the concerns about the war lingering on, inflation, if you look at the media, right, where people are talking about inflation in, in the range of 7 to 12% across Europe, right, people are now concerned that their production costs um, are going to be increasing next year again, given that the production costs did increase a lot this year. And I think that's why there's this sort of, I wouldn't say pessimism, right? Because we're not at, you know, we're not below five, right? This is a scale of, 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 of one to, to 10. So we're not below five. We're not, people are not mm. pessimistic, but they're not as optimistic as they used to be. Um, and I think it has to do with sort of the, the macro context, because when I go back, let me just show you what we have here on the books. Um, uh, the pickup has been tremendous, right? It's it, it's sort of uh, counterintuitive that people are getting more pessimistic when we have lots of data showing us that the demand, um, this is demand, the orange line is demand in 2022, the the light blue line is demand in 2020, uh, in 2019. And you can see that we have been consistently above 2019 for the full of the year. Mm. Um, and actually, if we look at what are people booking, um, we see here, this is the low season. The low season is accelerating tremendously right now. So we're in a much better shape than we were in 2019. Um, uh, the, the sort of the shoulder season is, uh, is also above 2019. And we're actually starting to see some pickup in November already for, for the next high season. So I wonder, you know, what these contradictory signals are telling us, which is uh, on one hand, people are, uh, scared of what may come, but if you look at what's coming through the system, actually things are looking quite well. And I think uh, we don't have a, any indicator in any of our business segments that things are not looking good for 2023. But obviously, people are cautiously optimistic, right? I think yeah. that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. So, Heike, how how optimistic are you about business performance over the next 12 months? Yeah, like I said, I think we'll, uh, you know, uh, our target is to maintain 2022 figures. Um, you know, in leisure, it's a little bit different than in business hotels where, and I think another slide later shows also uh, what the recovery back to 2019. You know, for us, uh, it was a little different in leisure. It, it was generally a little different, especially in the German market that I believe overall recovered much, much faster back to 2019 levels. Um, um, so I think the figures reflect the uncertain situation in which we currently find ourselves as a, as a, as a whole. You know, uh, again, rising energy and food prices pose these new challenges to the, to the industry as a whole. And I think what we have to really be prepared of is also for in leisure is that uh, the booking pace is declining with other, the, and spontaneous bookings are happening more. That's which I, I know this is uh, not completely unusual for business hotels, which has 
I've seen this much earlier that the business is coming main, the majority of the business is coming in the months for the months or in the months of travel. For leisure, that's still quite unusual, especially for that kind of leisure that have a, you know, start with average lengths of stays of four or five nights. These trips are usually tend to be booked well in advance, which we see now very recently coming much, much shorter. So pace looking ahead is, uh, is de declining, but it has been declining since months. Um, but we can always see that it's picking up just much, much short term. It, it's coming in, in the months for the months, the majority of it, actually. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, we have a question from Rita, who was actually my co-host on the last session. So Rita, lovely to see you here again and joining us. Um, question is, uh, she has specific concerns around the Dach outbound travel market. Will it rebound to international destinations or stay close to home? What do you think, Heiko? I think the interest in um, outbound DACH travel is growing. Again, as mentioned earlier, I think it, I think it is, uh, you know, we can see from the demand from the domestic market, which is, uh, you know, that this is slightly declining um, as a consequence of people having greater interest in traveling international. You know, however, how, lo how long that trend uh, continues is a bit of a... Um, um, yeah, there's a higher level of uncertainty. Okay, very good. Pedro, do you want to comment on that as well? Uh, so what we're seeing sort of across the board is that actually domestic travel also increased in 2022. So that's what we're seeing, at least in our hotels, that all business increased, right? International and domestic. Um, that obviously, you know, the Americans were a very, very strong driver for growth in Europe this year. Um, so if you think about nationalities that drive, you know, a lot of growth, but also that in all the markets, domestic travel has grown. And uh, I'm not sure if Heiko agrees, we don't have a lot of data about Germany, so it's hard for us to, mm. to, to, to comment, uh, but certainly in, uh, in leisure uh, destinations like Southern Europe, we're seeing that also there, the, the, the domestic travel has increased because I think people are, taking more uh, short breaks, right? People are staying more time at home and um, and they want to get away for the weekend uh, because uh, with remote work and so on and so forth, you know, the weekend at home is not as attractive as it used to be, I think. Mm. Yeah, uh, absolutely agree. And, and that also explains, especially the shorter shorter trips over a longer weekend or even just a weekend or even one-nighters, which is very unusual for our kind of hotels, at least. Um, uh, and that explains also this short-term pickup that we're finding. You know, a lot more spontaneous bookings in the months for the months. Um, yeah, and and in that respect, the demand is uh, for shorter term or for different uh, kind of travelers. It is uh, it is increasing. And, and Heiko, I do have a follow-up question on that because we are yeah. seeing exactly the same thing. Uh, and what we're seeing is a lot of hotels are going back to minimum to minimums of two nights and three nights stays over the weekends because of that. Um, are you seeing the same thing, or you've always had minimum stays, and therefore you're not seeing this this thing coming coming up? There are seasons where we tend to lower it as well a little bit. You know, usually, as as mentioned earlier, we are we have that kind of resort hotels where we would normally you know target for four to five nights uh, and, and less the one-nighters or two-nighters business. But there are seasons here as well, you know, with lower demand. Um, and again, it depends on the region, really. Uh, you know, the mountains okay. are, mountains obviously uh, have a, another demand in quarter one than 
uh, seaside resorts. Um, so, but we we we, we tend to uh, release a little bit of the length of stay and, and make it shorter, back to one one or even two nights. Yeah. And that's obviously being well received. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So, so just to just to, to kind of before we move on to the next question, in terms of overall optimism for next year, Heiko, could you perhaps give us some reasons, specifically around Herm Herm's hospitality, why why you guys are optimistic for twenty twenty three? Are there any specific areas or elements that you think you can uh, share with us? I think in general, it becomes more and more important, not just for your hospitality, but in general, in leisure, let's put it that way, you know, to know your customer, target the right target, know your, invest into the target group, uh, speak, have the right message to bring across to them, and use the right channel as well. And that, uh, historically, uh, for Hilma or Travel Charm Hotels, we've always been uh, successful. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, I'm with the company now since a little less than a year, and it, I found it quite impressive to see, uh, you know, how um, how important that topic was taken into, you know, how they uh, monitored the their target group, how they looked into their specific target groups, and how uh, specialized they were, rather than, you know, the typical kind of approach that you sometimes find that goes a lot through third parties, OTAs. Um, and I think I think that becomes more and more important, uh, uh, especially if demand overall demand goes down. I think it becomes more and more important to target the right target group. No, you know, have the right target customers at the hotels, not the ones that choose for rate, but the ones that choose for uh, the product, because they come back, they help you in your online reputation, and leave a good review, um, and are more likely to to become loyal loyal customers. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. Now, this has always been an interesting slide throughout the year, hasn't it, Pedro? We've we've it really really seen, has. Yeah, it's it's been very positive to see. I have to say, absolutely. And I, because Heiko was just talking about you know channels and so on, I wanted to show yeah. sort of where we are because we're sort of very far into the year, and uh, and we said at the beginning of the year that 2022 was probably going to be the best year ever in direct. And it's by far the best year in direct, at least for, from the sample of hotels that we have in our same store comparison, right? And it's really a 62% increase in, in revenue over 2019. And obviously, there's still reservations flowing through. So it's really just been an amazing ride this year uh, with direct. Um, and, and if you look then from a market share perspective, you probably cannot read it there. Uh, but it, the market share of direct has grown from 38% to 54% in this in the in the same uh, in the in the in the same sort of um, uh, sample that we use here on a on a on a on a recurring basis and that's a 16 percentage point um, mm. increase over 2019 and i think i don't know if i go if you're seeing the same thing in your hotels obviously you started in 2021 so i assume that you already were very focused on direct um, but uh, maybe if you can comment i think it would be interesting mm. yeah absolutely um, that's a very nice topic. I mean, first of all, I'm very, I'm almost getting excited to see that as an industry, we, we are finally getting there, right? Uh, <laughs> we're finally getting there, and I think, if anything, then that the, you know the last last years have helped to, uh, hotels to learn how to attract direct business, right? And I'll, I'll just hope that that momentum will will continue. For us, 
we can certainly say we've always had a very large direct share due to our approach, due to the approach of, you know, finding the right target, uh, target, target group and speak to them directly. And these book direct, uh, these book direct, whether it's uh, through the website or whether it's on voice, um, but uh, we have always had a very large share of direct bookings. Um, and, and we're seeing it increasing too uh, over the years. It's, it continues to grow. Just following following the same trend almost. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 So so I think it goes then without saying that you will be very much still focusing for the future on your direct channel as well. And that uh, is the priority in that sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. So let's move on then to the next. Oh, sorry, before we do, Pedro, did you want to go through any other? No, slides? no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Okay, so hoteliers are increasingly prioritizing sustainability and now the domestic travel ahead of, of coming in 2023. So why do you think this is, Heiko, and what should hotels consider in terms of shaping their commercial strategies around these future trends or these what we are seeing as possible trends? I think sustainability continues to be um, essential and the consciousness of uh, you know, keeping carbon footprint down uh, is growing and growing. I think for hotel brands, it's becoming more and more important to make sure you have your values, overall values. And you know, a lot of it is about sustainability, but it's it is important to bring you know out to your customers, to bring out to your target groups, um, you know what the brand values are and and how you deal with sustainability. Uh, it, I truly believe that it gets more and more important. It's, uh, you know, it's by far not, uh, you know, especially with the younger generation of travelers, they look at that much, much more. You know, they look at the values of a brand before choosing not just hotels, but generally. And I think it is just so important to uh, to make sure these points, you know, these um, uh, sustainability points, uh, brand or the, uh, the brand values come across properly. Um, to to um, yeah to uh, affect the um, uh, um, behavior of your customers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pedro, do you want to go through this slide and also? Yeah. No. So, uh, so so I, I just wanted to add that we have seen. Oh, sorry. In our in our survey of hoteliers, we have seen that clearly there's been an increase to number two. So number one is still sort of economics driven. The direct channel as a top reservation source. But then number two has been consistently over the past few months been the focus on sustainable tourism. I think also the efforts that Booking.com is putting through in terms of coming up with some 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 sort of sustainability um, rating uh, is gonna is gonna help drive more attention to this. For instance, on the Great Hotels of the World side, we launched this year for the first time a sustainability award, which will be announced in. Uh, in January, and we had fantastic submissions from our member hotels. So I do believe that um, sustainability is, is something that is, is becoming increasingly important in consumer decision, um, that um, th there's going to be some people that are going to try just to greenwash it, but they're going to be caught very quickly. So I think that there should be an investment thinking through and following best practices, right? There's a lot of stuff being written about this. So um, people can be creative, but also they should get informed about what other people are doing in these areas, because I think um, it's, you know, just like user reviews was something that showed up and then 
it's part of our life and we have to manage them and we have to make sure that people have good experiences at our hotels or they will complain and then you don't get new guests. Sustainability is the same thing, right? It's coming. Um, it's, it's, the, it's here for a lot of uh, hotels already. Um, but also sometimes people don't even know how to talk about these things, right? That they, if, you know, if they source locally, because sustainability is not just about the environment, right? It's about the whole concept of doing what's right. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, if they source locally, they should, uh, uh, you know, talk about that. It's not just about, you know, not changing the clothes or the towels every day. It's mm -hmm. about what do you do truly to make sure that your business is contributing to the overall well-being, A, of your location, but then also of the global uh, village, which is this, this planet that is yeah. the only one we have, right? And I, and I think that's going to be a very big challenge going into 2023, identifying, you know, what are the right practices, how to communicate them in a way that doesn't look like I'm just trying to get away with it, right? And, and I think this is a big challenge for the next few years, just like user reviews were in the beginning. Yeah. I think if I, if I can just add one point on the, um, I think this graph shows uh, specifically the focus on sustainability in a, in a leisure and leisure tourism. Uh, yeah, I think I think there's also a lot going on there in the, in the corporate market for uh, sustainability with um, you know labels or with companies that finally start to only contract for uh, for uh, uh, hotels that have a certain label that's been certified uh, and, and not rewashed, uh, right? I, I think I think it's, uh, you know we see things going in the right direction. And Heiko, I cannot agree more, right? Because obviously on the GDS side, because we have our own GDS, we see the RFPs coming through. All of them come with, I would say, minimum 10 questions around sustainability. And on the group side, on the great hotels business, all the inquiries also come with sustainability questions. And sometimes they want to have activities around sustainability in the hotel for the groups that are staying at the hotel. So I think that it's really going to be critical moving forward to embrace this as just part of the experience, right? Part of the experience of people at hotels is experiencing that they're, you know, not contributing to the well-being and not actually damaging the well-being of, of, of where they're at. Okay, very good. We have a question from my colleague, Leah, for, for yourself, Heiko. And she'd like to know, what is your take on distribution partners adding sustainability as a ranking factor to their listings and do, do you feel that this helps the industry become more sustainable? Yeah, again, um, you know, here in Germany, obviously, we have a large uh, OTA HRS, which is very much concentrated on uh, sustainability. I, uh, you know, I value that a lot, um, you know, that, and, and that's where I see you from reading through. It doesn't affect us, obviously, we, we're not in corporate travel. So much, but I'm, I'm still reading through, and I, uh, I, I hear very good comments also about the, you know, the the, the um, certificate um, from HRS, and I also see that there's companies, you know, companies now, whereas in the first one or two years when this was launched, it was like kind of uh, optional for companies, uh, mm -hmm. but now I see first hotels, uh, you know, wondering why they can't get any business anymore if they don't have the label, if they don't have the certificate, right? Because mm. this, is, this is because companies now start to uh, uh, demand and only only buy hotels, uh, hotel rooms. And I uh, to answer the question, I think, uh, I think it is 
absolutely helping. I think it is just the right way. You know, number one, of course, address the topic to B2C customers, but then at the same time, through the companies and through the uh, um, travel managers and the, and the agreements they make with hotel brands, I think it is uh, absolutely going into the right direction and will help uh, uh, our hotels to become more sustainable because they then really have to look at, you know, do their audits, have to look at, have to come up with initiatives to, um, uh, yeah, to run the operation um, sustainable. Yeah, and when it comes to actually sending the message out to your to your customer or future customers, how are Herma Hospitality communicating your sustainability uh, goals and sustainability objectives to your potential customers through through your website, through your booking engine? How, what's your approach towards that? Yeah, we use uh, you know the the normal channels. Of course, we have it on our website as well, but we. Uh, now, there's no major initiatives, I uh, have to say, yet yeah, uh, uh, out there, but we communicate whatever we do. We communicate also through our you know, email marketing, through the usual channels, also social media uh, that, that we do. Um, um, yeah, and, um, it's, and you know, sustainability, as uh, Pedro also said, there's more to just sustainability. is also about, uh, um, you know, what you do to the local, to the environment? Where do you uh, buy your food from? Do you, you know, do you actually buy local food, or do you, you know, have it fl- flying in from somewhere far, far away? Yeah. Uh, and you know, these kind of initiatives. Uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll try to bring it across. It's not an easy topic, of course, to to bring across to someone. But we have a blog, uh, for example, where we talk about these 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 things. Yeah, uh, it's it's not always easy to. Um, Combine it with a message where you actually want to sell, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I think a, a blog, for example, is a, is a good medium to uh, yeah. communicate these initiatives. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I couldn't agree more, right? Because I, I remember the days when luxury was having Fiji water in your hotel, so people would fly water from Fiji all around the yeah. world, right? So that you would have Fiji water in your hotel. Mm. I think those days are, you know. Um, absolutely over because it makes absolutely no sense to you know fill up planes with water, mm. uh, which is you know readily available at the tap, <laughs> uh, just so that people get this luxury experience. I think luxury is being redefined certainly also in the context of of sustainability, yeah. and and these things are just uh, not acceptable any longer. Yeah, and I think yeah. importantly not acceptable by the consumer, Pedro. The consumer right. exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Okay, very good. Now, before we move on, Pedro, did you want to go through any other slides on around the um, uh, Actually, I, I, I have um, two other slides that I wanted to show. One is yep. uh, because Heiko spoke about it a little bit. Let me see if I can find it. It's uh, it's about business versus leisure, mm-hmm. um, and and still, you know, the expectation again, right? Uh, we are seeing some pickup on the GDS, but we're still at about forty uh, percent of where we were on, on twenty nineteen. Um, uh, on the corporate side of things, right? We are seeing lot, like lots of transactions on the GDS for leisure, uh, but on the corporate side of things, things are still very slow. And I think that's just showing in this um, in this uh, graph, which is the expectation is still that leisure is going to be the main driver of business in 2023. And, uh, and that's also our expectation. So if we look at what we've planned for the year in terms of recovery of corporate is that, by the end of the year, we may be at 55 to 60% of 2019. 
and and it's going to be a slow recovery over the course of the year because there's just so many unknowns right there's massive layoffs happening in america right now um there's a lot of corporate travel that's been cut um i was discussing with with a friend the other day and he said look Corporate travel is still happening. It's only not happening for so many people in the corporate ladder, right? Um, also, because things are very expensive, right? You know, room rates that used to be like 200 uh, euros or, or, or dollars now are 400. Literally, the prices have doubled in many of these in many of these uh, locations. The same with, you know, dinners, right? If you go to a, a corporate dinner, uh, maybe it used to cost, you know, 70 to 100 euros. Now it costs 150 to 200 euros. Yeah. So you just can't do it um, as much. Um, so I do think that this leisure versus business is something that we're going to be tracking through 2023. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic that things are going to get better, uh, but they're not going to get back to 2019, not even close. Mm. All right. Well, you did mention GDS, and that's the the next topic that we're going to cover a little bit here. So, uh, in light of obviously the cr- increasing business travel into Europe, oh, sorry, before I go there, let's just quickly. We had a question come in around sustainability. So, Anna Junilla, thank you so much for joining us, Anna. It's great to have you here. And she has a question: um, How do you think we should ideally monitor the plausibility of sustainability, ISO certifications of travel suppliers and venues? Now, that's a very good question. As a corporate event organizer, I perhaps I feel like I should do venue and hotel site visits each time, but that is not sustainable either. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, an excellent think? point. <laughs> uh, I think we'll have to rely on third parties, right? And I think that's why I mentioned user reviews. I think the the only way is through you know knowledge of the masses, right? Because people cannot travel to all hotels before they go there. Um, certifications could be potentially greenwashing. You really don't know what's going on with the certifications, right? So um, obviously in Germany you have you have like very respected certifications like TÜV and so yeah. on. But yeah. in you know if we're talking about maybe other countries, I'm not going to mention any. Uh, um, maybe you won't really rely on the certifications. So I think, you know, um, knowledge of masses is probably the way this is going to go. And that's why I do think that um, what Booking.com is doing, what HRS are doing, I think Expedia is going to get into the game also, is going to be very helpful for people to make, you know, decisions. Mm. Yeah, maybe absolutely. not in the short term, but I think as a long-term view. Yeah. Heike, would you like to add to that? Uh, I agree. I, I obviously this is a question that's been moving around since a while now. Yeah, you know what is that? You know what is that certificate to look at? What is really reliable? I I don't know the answer to, to be honest. Yeah, I mean I, I I would agree with what what you said, Pedro. Um, you know it's you know the the word of mouth. You know what you what you hear from the actual customers that have experienced a property. I think that's a, the, the the best true that you can get for the moment. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see if there's ever going to be that one or two or you know the set of really reliable um, indications. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Anna, again for your question. Much appreciated. Okay, so moving on then, uh, in light of the increasing business travel into Europe, there is a growing interest around the performance of GDS and GDSs in 2023. So, Heiko, is this something that hotels should invest in for their 2023 strategy? GDS is always a bit of a a topic that comes Mm -hmm. into conversation about what uh, commitment hotels should place into it, Um, but also including the leisure segment. Is this something that they should be 
considering as an, as part of their investment program? I think for leisure, it depends on the segment really you're in. Uh, I, I know there are some leisure uh, programs. I believe American Express have a strong leisure program, which which don't don't get me wrong. But I think I think you have to have GDS to to, to get onto it. Um, that's the only way. Um, other than that, is it's not a huge huge um, um, volume driver the GDS for leisure leisure uh, segments. Generally speaking. Also speaking of business, of course, you know, as we all know, GDS has been uh, said at least 10 years ago or even even longer ago that it's going to go away. It hasn't gone away. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will stay for, for, for a little while, right? <laughs> um, would be interesting to see overall figures if uh, I would almost assume that they are pretty... They have sustained their numbers over the years. Uh, I would assume, yeah. I I, I don't see uh, them going down, even though OTAs arrived in the meanwhile and and and. But I think no. they've always had their had their share. So GDS um, has been been consistently strong. I have to say, yeah. they've they, over the yeah. years, as you said, people have often said, uh, the, the days of GDS are coming to an end. But no, uh, they're not. Yeah. They're very very. A very strong still. Yeah. Anyone that's watching as well, if you have any comments about that, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but please continue, Heiko. Yeah, and in terms of marketing through the GDS, I, I think, uh, I mean, I've, for myself, I've made experience, very good experience with GDS marketing, but it also has to be, it depends on the message uh, you're using, of course. Again, it has to be somehow targeted. The messages has to be right. The preferred um the preferred placements on GDS tend to be successful, but again, it's difficult to generalize. Really, uh, it really has to be. You really have to look at, look into the statistics that are, are available. You know how much which GDS performs in which market, uh, in which micro market, really at which airport. How many? You know, do you do you bid on on your hotel or also with with in the with a flight attached to it? Yeah, it's it's it's. Um, uh, not an easy exercise, but if you do it right, I've I've, I've made the experience that it, it can uh, massively pay off. Actually, mm. yeah. Okay, very so good. Pedro? If, if I can add something to, so what we're seeing on the GDS is, um, you know, especially the properties that have um, significant amount of Brazilian and uh, American uh, guests, that the GDS is actually a very very viable channel even for leisure. Um, and even smaller properties, right? And resorts, we're seeing, you know, interesting volumes. Obviously, they're not going to make the day, right? But they're interesting volumes. And if you think about, you know, just like Heiko was saying, Amex, Virtuoso, you know, some of those programs, they also give you, especially on the luxury segment, right? They give you visibility into those programs. And that's, that's also something valuable in a way. Um, uh, two more comments on the GDS. One is uh, the GDS is also driving sustainability, right? And uh, which is interesting in itself. And uh, and uh, Rita just you know texted me and said, uh, look, we had the first RFP decline because the hotel did not meet sustainability requirements this year. Yeah. So yeah. there's a large telecom that put an RFP out, and they said, sorry, you don't qualify because of your sustainability requirements. So so I think the GDS can be also sort of a catalyst for that because you have the big corporates that are really worried about these things and. Um, and, uh, and, and basically, that's it. Then on the other side, right, of things is that um, uh, on, the, on the events question, um, 
also here, thank you, Rita, for, for bringing this to my attention. But basically, there's a lot of online site visits being done right now. A lot of people are doing site visits with WhatsApp, right? And video and FaceTime and stuff like that. And there's a whole uh, ecosystem being built around that in the metaverse, whatever you want to call it, right? Because of the, the sustainability question that people will want to experience not quite how it is at the hotel, but certainly experiencing somehow how it is at the hotel. So I think that there's a whole ecosystem um, coming through on that. Um, that we'll have to watch. I don't know if it's going to be successful or not, um, but certainly worth you know dipping your toe in and see if uh, if it works for you. Because site visits, as uh, I think one of the one of the people that put a question in was asking, is are going to be difficult. So there's a lot more video coming through. There's a lot of more you know online you know FaceTime, WhatsApp type call go, going on, and um, and I think technology is going to be an enabler. To, to remove or lower um, uh, the barriers to assessing, you know, how is the site, what's, what are the sustainability practices and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think sustainability really is uh, in many ways uh, becoming a, a much, much higher priority when it comes to uh, ho hotels, but basically but being prepared to be able to answer the questions that are coming yeah. through. And like certainly we're on the great hotels of the world side, we're doing, you know, a lot of work there and it's, it's worth just a, a webinar on that, right? Just to mm. talk about, you know, what we're seeing our hotels doing and, and what, what could be good best practices for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Heiko, do you have any further comments? Yeah, I just think, on, you know, last thing on the sustainability, of course, the digitization generally, I think also plays into that, right? Course, uh, course, you, course. Know, you know, that, that's a, that's a big point. I know, you know, some hotels tend to have more, tend to use still more print than others, mm. right? And for some hotel segment, it is also difficult to um, educate. I'd like to call it educate the customers to, you know, go digital, accept more, um, you know. Uh, uh, digital media as opposed to print is not so easy. Um, uh, it depends on the demographic target group that you actually have in, in the hotels. But uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it, 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 it uh, you know, it's a, um, it, it pays, uh, the digitization also pays, pays into the uh, sustainable operation. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And I know we spoke early on, you know, when we, when we started the collective sessions with, uh, with Pedro and his team, we did, it was, basically just as COVID was hitting. And we did speak a lot about the necessity for hotels to digitize and what kind of, in previous sessions, we were asking them, what kind of investments are you making towards this? How much are you putting into it? And some hotels, admittedly, yes, we were investing heavily in it. We're doing a lot around it, but there were still a few that were like, we, no, we're not at all. Our <laughs> yeah. money that we have, we're putting, mm -hmm. we're, we're using in other areas of the business which is also fair enough. I mean, it's totally understandable. However, now it's almost like the, the bill's coming now. You know, it's almost like you, you're going to be at a point where if you haven't got the base uh, technologies in place, it's going to enable you to digitize very quickly or be in a position to be able to, to put in digital solutions. Um, it's going to be a struggle, I think, moving forward because the pressure now is coming not from a, a contactless type of solutions to support COVID, but now really more to support sustainability overall. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, it's quite a challenge, I think, coming up for sure. Yeah. 
I, I wanted to just finish off on the GDS topic just Please. for for one minute, right? Because we've obviously seen a massive growth in ADR, uh, certainly in Europe, right? In the US, not as much, only six, only sixteen percent. Uh, but here, we, we we've seen that ADR has grown thirty one percent, you know, from twenty nineteen to 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 twenty twenty two. But but I think what's been amazing has been the rates on the GDS, right? Mm -hmm. We've had a hotel in Lisbon that their average daily rate on the GDS was nine hundred and thirty one euros, right? Oh, wow. Which is really unthought of uh, for a destination like Lisbon, right? So wow. I think that you know. There's a lot of uh, opportunity there. Maybe it's not a lot of volume from perspective of nights and transactions, but actually as a very viable channel for, again, very high end. I, I, I think that the GDS, certainly in this leisure environment, is more tailored to, you know, four star plus, you know, luxury um, um, certainly, you know, the other properties struggled a little bit, but obviously with the ADR increasing, I think it's going to be more more viable to, to book things uh, through the GDS. But um, that, that was my only comment. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, thanks, Pedro. Now we are coming up to the end of our session, believe it or not. The time, <laughs> as always, flies very, very quickly. So um, before we wrap anything up, is there any other slide you'd like to just quickly no, show? No, um, I think like that's it. Uh, my, my only, you know, my, I'll go back to just to, to the summary slide and say, look, it's, uh, I think it's really been a great year, right? Um, um, 2022 has really been a great year. We had a difficult first quarter, but since then it's really been good news after good news. Uh, direct and this interaction, right? We, we have one company called Guest Centric because we believe hotels should talk to guests directly. Uh, yeah. And I think direct is really, um, as Heiko was saying, finally, we as an industry have come to this notion that actually talking to the guests directly before they come to our properties and making them book direct um, is important. And again, I want to leave everybody with a with a with a note of uh, of hope. Um, even though we know the world is a complicated place right now, that you know, at least from where we stand, everything looks pretty good for um, for for 2023. And we know that the benchmark now is 2022. Um, will 2023 be better? I'm not sure, but it looks like it's going to be better than 2019. Yeah, yeah, very good. Heiko, any closing words from yourself? I can't add anything to it. I, I say good, good words, Pedro. I think that's you know that's uh, just what I what I'd like to believe. You know, uh, I, on another statistic, I think I saw that uh, you know the last the last hotels uh, also assumed to be back to twenty nineteen levels in twenty twenty three, which yeah. is you know a very clear signal to say you know we are back again, right? We are back. Other hotels, I, I'd like to believe, have exceeded twenty nineteen. Uh, yeah, some by some, some by far, I think. Uh, but at least for the for the for the you know for the industry, we are back to 20, 2019 levels at the latest by twenty three, and I think that's uh, yeah um, yeah uh, maybe a good, good good thing to keep in mind for the end of the session. <laughs> well, let's, let's also not underestimate. We, we, I think when this whole thing started started. Um, we did say it was going to be around 2023, yeah. right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and here we are. We're knocking on the door. And I, I think I'd also add, we've actually, I think, outperformed what our expectations were overall yes. as an industry, yes. given the, the given the, 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 the trouble that it caused everybody. I think overall, the industry responded incredibly, admirably mm -hmm. and bravely. And, and, and yeah, we, very well done. So... 
That's what I would like to say. So I think we're doing all right, as you say. <laughs> we're doing all right. Okay, guys. Well, listen, let's wrap it up there. Thank you both so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yes. Heiko as well, yourself. Thank you. We, we Happy really holidays. Yes, indeed. You know? indeed, indeed. <laughs> Happy holidays. And to everybody watching, thank you for, for your time, for joining us. And if you've been watching us over the course of the year, again, thank you for your support. We appreciate it greatly. And we'd all like to wish you a very happy and Merry Christmas and uh, a wonderful new year. And we look forward to seeing everybody in 2023. Bring it all on. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.